Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It is November 1st. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, November 1st, a Monday. I hope everyone is doing well out there and having a great afternoon. It's a beautiful day here in Texas. And you know what? I thought uh, for the first day of us getting back on schedule here over at Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channel, that we would start off with some Texas news because we haven't done that uh, in about two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of stuff has happened in Texas. You hear me complaining about everything going on around uh, America and the headlines, and we got a lot of stuff happening in Texas. I take two weeks off, not intentionally, but, you know, we get a brand new Secretary of State, right? We have our first uh, gubernatorial candidate debate, and we also have elections here tomorrow, guys, in Texas. So if you guys are not aware and uh, you want to be, if you know any other Texans who may not know it, please, please, please spread this episode far and wide. Let them know, hey, we have elections tomorrow in Texas. Whoa, what? Where'd this come from? What are we, are we already going to be electing our governor? No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow, we will not be electing any governors. There's only one candidate race, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a special election for those um, uh, candidates. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, but uh, it's not going to be. It's it's actually a very important election, though, guys. Now, my question would be, how many of you all in your own locations, in your own respective towns and cities, municipalities, how many of y'all were informed by your local news, by your newspapers, by businesses, by your local politicians? How many of you guys were told, hey, we have an election on Tuesday, November 2nd here in our hometown? That's the question I think that should be asked because uh, you know me, guys. I most definitely am of the mind that they neglect us. And they don't let us know when important uh, information, important dates such as these come up. And, uh, well, I think that this is a primary example of why we need to primary the heck out of a lot of these rapscallions. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lone Star News. We are coming to you live here this uh, Monday, November 1st, 2021. I am your host, Mr. C, as ever. We are coming to you live, guys, today from the foxhole.app, pill.net. We are coming to you live from uh, Trovo Twitch. We are coming live to you from Clout Hub and also DLive. So if you are a fan of any of those uh, platforms, well, I hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll see, uh, we'll see what we guys can get going for you all today. Uh, a couple of things, as I mentioned here, guys, uh, gone for a week and a half or so, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, we got a brand new Texas Secretary of State. Trying, I was trying to uh, track that down. Now, um, what I really, really wanted to talk with you guys about today is the elections for tomorrow. So like I said, if you have any Texas friends, Texas families who are not aware of it, tomorrow is an election day here in the state of Texas. And uh, man, let me tell you what, it's an important one. It's an important one. We have uh, 10 amendments to the constitution of the state of Texas that will be up 
for consideration tomorrow. That's right. Amendments to our state constitution, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so as you can imagine, it is very important that we put our opinions, our voice into uh, tomorrow's election. Uh, we have questions about term limits. We have questions about the government's ability to uh, shut down churches and religious facilities during an emergency crisis time. Very important stuff, guys. And uh, if we don't let our voices be heard now, well, do we really have no right to be screaming at it later on, if you ask me. Uh, but real quick, before we jump into that, ladies and gentlemen, let me uh, talk to you a little bit about some developments with uh, our brand new Texas Secretary of State. Okay, you guys know I've been writing the Secretaries of State pretty hard uh, here over at Mr. CTV. It's just, uh, you know, when, you, when it boils down to it, it's just one of the most important things, if not the most important office next to your uh, governor or your president. But when we're talking about of the state, it is most definitely a very important office. So I'm just going to introduce you to the guy. There's, I mean, we're, this is actually, I'm kind of doing this on the fly today. I wasn't going to do an episode this afternoon, but let's just face it, guys. Uh, we need to get some word about the elections, of course. Uh, so this gives us a whole, what... 24 hours ahead of time at least. Polls probably don't close till late in the evening. So we can uh, at least try and pass this information along, pass this episode along to those of you who might be curious. We will be looking at all of the amendments that they will be considering that are up for grabs basically in tomorrow's election here in the state of Texas. So we'll be looking at that for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, for any of the other smaller things, uh, any of the other issues, propositions that are um, being considered in your municipality or your township, uh, you or in your county, uh, you will have to uh, dig for that yourself. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll pull up some stuff. But we're definitely going to look at the Big Ten because there are 10 propositions for the Texas Constitution amendments. Okay, guys, 10 amendments to the Constitution of Texas they're looking at for tomorrow's election. We got to cover it. And you guys need to spread this uh, information um, to every Texan that you know um, or encourage a replay. If you're over there on Discord, drop a link to this episode. Uh, so this way, other Texans can take a look at it. Uh, very important, guys. Very, very. That's what Lone Star News is all about. It's all about Texas. It's all about Texas news. We, we weren't going to do it, but we got to get it done, guys. We got to get it done. All right. With that in mind, before we jump into that, oh, and, and also we're going to we're going to take a look at the first uh, first gubernatorial candidate debate as well. That should be fun. I would say that's going to be fun. Uh, we're not going to dig into it, but we are going to kind of uh, overview it, I guess would be the best way to put it, uh, because um, I, I really need to go back and look at this debate. It was an hour and a half long. It had the likes of Don Huffines. It had the likes of Alan West. It had the likes of uh, everyone but Greg Abbott. <laughs> Greg Abbott was not present. Go figure, right? We'll take a look at that, though, first. But before we do, just real quick, so we can introduce Texans to their fifth Secretary of State under the gubernatorial ship of one Gregory Abbott. This is the fifth 
Secretary of State under the governorhood, governorship of uh, Greg Abbott, right? So uh, just want to introduce you to him. We're not gonna do we're not gonna do a deep dive into him or dig into him today. Uh, we will do it another day, I promise. But uh, John Scott is the man's name. Okay, John Scott is the man's name. Now, according to an article by the Texas Tribune, and you you know you you can't take the Texas Tribune's uh, articles without a grain of salt. You know they're right up there with the Austin American Statesman. They're right over there with the San Antonio Express News. They're right over there with the Houston Chronicle. <laughs> and uh, it's just one of those papers, guys. But as a way of uh, introducing you to uh, this man here. Again, like I said, this is Greg Abbott's fifth, fifth Secretary of Snakes. Oh, did I say snakes? Anyways, let's see what a Texas Tribune had to say about that. It says, uh, the Texas's new Secretary of State does not deny Joe Biden's 2020 victory. Okay, so uh, we're already off to a bad start here, John Scott. He does not deny the victory of one Joe Biden. The illegitimate joke, the poopy pants himself, but he's still prioritizing an election audit. Now, John Scott, I've already I've already started going in on this guy on Twitter. I mean, guys, if I'm going to have Twitter, it's so I can harass these people. Okay, so it's not to spread information. It is to just annoy the hell out of them. Uh, asking John Scott, I did. I asked John Scott, uh, are we going to have a canvas of this uh, audit that you're talking about? Are we going to uh, review the physical ballots of this election audit that you say that we're having? Are we going to look at more than a portion of the electronic ballot images, John Scott, our Secretary of Snakes, uh, Secretary of State here in Texas? Uh, or, or, or are you just going to follow the pattern that little progressive uh, Democrat rhino, uh, Jose Esparza, the deputy secretary of state, the real secretary of state, I might say, Joe Esparza, Jose Esparza, he's the real secretary of state. He just wears the deputy uh, secretary of state hat, uh, but he's the real one. That's the guy who's pulling all the strings here. So uh, tell me, John Scott, is that what you're going to do? You're just going to follow the uh, pathway there that little Joe Esparza, well, I shouldn't say little, uh, but Joe Esparza has left for you. Uh, John Scott briefly represented Donald Trump's legal team. So right away, you think that this guy's a guy that you want on your side. You'd be like, you know what? If they represented President Trump and he, he represented President Trump's uh, effort to challenge election results in Pennsylvania. So if we go back to the Pennsylvania hearing back in, what was it, December of 20, uh, we'll probably see him on the screen. We might do that sometime soon. But uh, in an interview, he said, there's no question. This is what John Scott said. This man right here on the screen, this man who is Abbott's fifth pick for Secretary of Snakes. Abbott picked this man, okay? He says, uh, there's no question that Joe Biden is the president and he has not seen anything to suggest the election was stolen. Abbott, you realize that there is a governor, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a gubernatorial election coming up, right, Abbott? Abbott, you've been doing so well, Abbott. 
at fooling us and pulling uh, the wool over our eyes, Abbott. Heck, I need to get myself to a gubernatorial campaign debate. That's what I need to do. Let me find out when the next one is, and I will take a uh, I will take a bus up there, okay, <laughs> or down there, wherever it may be. This is disgusting, guys. What did I tell you? What did I tell you about the secretaries of state? What did I tell you about how Texans have been bamboozled by the secretary of state office thanks to the governorship? This is what I'm talking about. Abbott pulls in a man who sees nothing to suggest that the election was stolen in 2020 from President Biden, I mean, from President Trump. And now we have this man, John Scott, representing Texans as the secretary of state for Texas. This is a joke. This is ridiculous. But I just thought I'd introduce you to the man. Just thought I would introduce you to the man, Texas. So you know uh, you know what we're dealing with here. We've got uh, quite the uphill challenge here, ladies and gentlemen. We have quite the uphill challenge, guys. You might notice we have our uh, governor office main switchboard here. You're in Texas and yeah, want to give him a piece of your mind. They'll be open till 5 p.m. Central Time today, guys. This is ridiculous. You know, and uh, since we appoint secretaries of state in a non-commonwealth state here in uh, Texas, uh, what's up with the Senate? I mean, don't they have to confirm this man? What's up, Texas Senate? Oh, wait, are we all rhinos here? Oh, wait, the last time I checked, Stephen Toth was the only Texas rep who signed on to audit all 50 to decertify 2020, and to canvas every state. Stephen Toth, guys, is the only one. The only one. So I'm not going to waste everyone's time with what the rest of this Texas Tribune article has to say. I think that uh, I've said enough. I've said enough about, uh, about this John Scott, fifth Secretary of State, uh, uh, number 114 for the state of Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Number 114 for the state of Texas. I think I've said enough, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Texas, get to work. Get to work. All right. Very good, guys. Very good. Okay, let's move on. All right, we're only going to be here for an hour today, guys. We still have the C-Report coming up at 7.30 p.m. tonight. That's Central Time, Texas time. So uh, don't you guys fret none. You're just getting a double dose of of vitamin C today. I can't believe I just said that. can't believe I just said that. You're getting a double dose of me today. Uh, vitamin C, Mr. C. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, it's better. It's better than saying you get to see the C-man twice, right? That doesn't sound good. I don't, I don't like the way that sounds. Okay. Don't ask me why, but it just sounds fishy. Uh, okay. So let's go ahead real quick. Let me say hello. If you're hanging out with us in the chat, we got a few people hanging out over at the, uh, the, the Twitch, oh yeah, Twitch is the only, and, and DLive, a couple of people hanging out, Twitch DLive, it seems. Uh, if you're over there yonder at peeled.net or the foxhole.app, Texas gal, good afternoon, G Howdiger, how are you doing this afternoon? Yavapai Michael, it's great to see you. Don't forget guys, we will be back on the air tonight with the C-Report at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, just like we have always done for the last uh, few months. Uh, But we are doing an episode of Lone Star News this afternoon just to kind of catch up a little bit. Got a lot of catching up to do. And then let's not forget, of course, let's not forget, of course, uh, we had to we had to introduce you guys to the Secretary of Snakes here. We're going to talk about the election. Okay, we got elections tomorrow, guys. Don't forget, we have elections in Texas tomorrow. 
Okay. So, uh, hey, Veronique, what's going on? Just see you popping in there. We're talking Texas today, this afternoon. Hey, if you know any uh, Texas uh, family and friends over at the foxhole.app and pill.net, get their butts over here right now because we have elections tomorrow, guy. We have elections tomorrow in Texas. This is so important. It's going to be about our constitution in Texas. That's what tomorrow's election is all about. Okay, Java, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, welcome into the chat. Good to see you as well. Okay, let's talk a little bit first before we get into our elections. Just a quick recap about yesterday's. What was it yesterday? It was, uh, when was this exactly? Let, let, me, let me fix a date on you guys over here for this. So this way I'm giving you some accurate information. We strive for accuracy here at the C Report and the Mr. CTV. We don't always strive for perfection. <laughs> we don't always strive for perfection, but we definitely do strive for accuracy. Okay. <laughs> I hope that's okay. I hope that's okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see what we got here about. Um, yes. Yeah, so this actually was on the 28th is when we had the first Texas governor's debate. Uh, here in Texas. All right. Curious Cat says, Hi, Mr. C. I love Secretary of State Gate, SOS Gate. Keep digging. Oh, we's gonna dig. We're gonna do part two of Secretary of Snakes for uh, the Searport Live Dig soon. Thank you for the uh, words of encouragement. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Java is in Austin. Grr, guy, whatever you is, Java. Javex. Uh <laughs> You know what? For every <laughs> that just gave me an idea. For every uh for every um uh for every uh account username. Uh what are they called again? Anyways, uh, for every avatar that has not specified their gender to me or I can't tell, I'm just going to do the whole Latinx thing with them. I'm going to be like Javex, uh Curious Cat. Well, I know what I know. I know what you are Curious Cat, sir. <laughs> Hey, Doreen Merck, how you doing? Thanks for gifting the can. Glad I can catch you for a while. I'm glad you're joining us. Oh, man, Veronique, you're New Braunfels. Dang, we got some. We got some Texans here, guys. We got a lot of Texans on this platform. I am glad you guys are joining us this afternoon. We have elections tomorrow. Spread the word. Okay, all right. Uh, real quick. Okay, so let's go back into this. Um, we are talking about uh, the uh, Texas governor's um, debate. First one. First one happened. Under the radar, right? I had no idea it was going on. Everyone was there but Greg Abbott. I don't know what little Gregory was up to. Wheels, where were you? You need to get yourself parked, sir. And uh, you, need to get, you need to get to these debates. Don't think that just because, don't think that just because, you know, you're off saving the border or not. <laughs> don't think just because you're, uh, you're endorsed by President Trump and you're throwing a sham forensic audit, because you are. Uh, that you can skip out on these debates. That, to me, shows just exactly how much respect this man has for his office and uh, for Texans when he can't even stand up to Alan West. Maybe he was afraid. He might have been afraid. He might have been afraid. Uh, let's see here. So we have uh, Greg Abbott sitting out on this one. The challengers are there. Uh, we got uh, on the screen from Abbott to West, uh, Greg Abbott, Don Huffines, uh, and, uh, of course we can't forget Chad Prather. Uh, Chad Prather did serve in the Texas house, uh, for one term because he quickly found out if you don't play ball, you get sent back. And then, uh, you either, you either, uh, play ball or you go back home 
and you tell everyone exactly how Texas politics works. Well, that's what Chad Prather did. Chad Prather decided to tell Texans rather than play ball with the rhinos over in Austin, over at the Capitol, uh, to tell them exactly what's going on in Texas and exactly uh, how it works here. Did we imagine that it was as bad of a bamboozle as it has been? I didn't. I did not think it was as bad as it is. It is bad, guys. It is really bad. It's worse. It is worse than Florida. I mean, Florida. It is worse than California. It is worse than New York. Leave it to a Texan to say everything is bigger and better. And then, you know, it's worse. It's worse, guys. It's way worse. (laughs) But let me tell you why. Because at least in California, we can see the socialist, progressive, communist scum living their life the way that they think that they should. But in Texas, we get a whole bunch of rhinos that make us think that we're secure and safe in our conservative republic. And we're not. We are being fooled. We are being snarkled. We are being bamboozled. We are being every kind of uh, of uh, gypped that you can... Any other adjectives you can think about there, guys, that's what we're suffering here. Okay, don't let me be long on this because we got a lot to cover and I'm trying to wrap it in an hour. Um, let's see here. Okay, so uh, Wednesday... Oh, wait, wait, wait. They met in Decatur. Oh, that was Thursday. Was Oh, yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday, guys. It happened on Wednesday. In fact, we were doing our first episode of Live Digs into the Secretary of State's on Wednesday here at the Sea Report. We were still in Las Vegas. Jesus Christ. We're back in Texas now. We're back in Texas. Uh, according to Texas Scorecard, um, let's see here. They met in uh, Decatur, Texas to uh, have this debate. It was a gubernatorial forum hosted jointly by conservative organizations from Wise, Parker, Grayson, and Cook Counties. Um, And this is uh, former state Senator Don Huffines, former Texas GOP chair. Oh, man. Yep, that's right. Alan West. And of course, they say media personality. They can't even say former Texas representative, Chad Prather. He He does have his own show, The Chad Prather Show. Um, don't tune into it as often as I must, but I have enjoyed the episodes whenever I've watched them. I think Chad is an, does an excellent job, keeps it light, keeps it funny, keeps it very informative, very formative. Uh, see here, of course we have Abbott missing. So that was basically, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know, pitfalls for him here. Um, West during this debate, Alan West did declare that drug cartels should be called a terrorist organization, which Mr. West, boy, are you reading our mind? Because, uh, you know, if uh, we could designate drug cartels as terrorist organizations, we would most definitely be able to take uh, further action to protect Texans and also to stop their their crimes. They are terrorist organizations, you know, they are terrorist organization. Uh, Miss Alan West also had a plan that involved um, involves a more targeted use of forces up to 7000 members of the Texas National Guard placed on major infiltration routes to act as a deterrent force to such drug cartels. Alan West said, once we declare them as a terrorist organization, We are going to freeze their assets. We're going to go out there and seize those assets. We're going to go after the people that are selling these stash houses. We're going to take those assets and use it for our own border security fund. 
fund. I, I, I agree with that. Now, Chad Prather noted that the current National Guardsmen and Department of Public Safety officers deployed to the border are currently being used to help process rather than deter illegal aliens. So thank you, Mr. Prather, for uh, offering that bit of light on the process down there. So, you know, uh, Governor Abbott over here sending down the National Guard. He's sending DPS officers to go help secure the border. And instead, they're processing these people, right? They're using them to process their papers. Uh, he's turned he's turned our National Guardsmen and our DPS officers into uh, secretaries. Good job. I mean, I know you're seated most of your life, uh, Mr. Abbott. Don't mean they got to take a seat. They could be up and down that border protecting it as opposed to uh you know <laughs> helping them get in it's ridiculous that's ridiculous i can't even believe that like uh I, you see that's what i'm talking about prather always has those like nuggets of enlightenment that every time i he always has nuggets of enlightenment you know jeez man <laughs> can we get prather for deputy governor lieutenant <laughs> We can get Prather for Lieutenant Governor. We can have uh, Alan West as Governor. Don Huffines. Uh, that man's had too much plastic surgery for me to trust him because, I mean, look at, I, is that his real face? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's had too much, way far too much. He's a twin also, interesting enough. But um, anyway, so they also got into some uh, topics about energy. As you know, uh, energy is very important, especially when we had this entire debacle happening with ERCOT. Um, and uh, that was during the uh, February freeze of last year. Snowmageddon, I think, is how some people refer to it in Texas. And, of course, they also talked about um, this whole emergency, um, a power thing that uh, they, they uh, governors do have. Um, and everything that was going on with uh, COVID-19. I can say that we're not on ScrewTube today. Uh, maybe we'll be on there tomorrow. Maybe we'll be on there this evening, but we're not on there right now. Yeah, guys, we're being uh, tenacious over here at the Mr. C TV, Mr. C channel. We're not going to stop. We're not going to take no for an answer. You know what? I will run down every single account that YouTube kicks me off of as long as I have to so until they until they block my IP address and then I'll get a VPN. <laughs> Anyways, guys. OK, so uh, I got a quick video here I can actually share with you all a recap if you guys want to take a gander. And like I said, I'm going to dig into this more. Uh, I'm going to dig into this first gubernatorial uh, debate more uh, because I think that uh, there's probably some fine points that I'm not getting, uh, but we'll do that probably for the next episode. And then uh, right after this, guys, we're going to jump into tomorrow's election. We're going to jump into tomorrow's election. Okay, so let's take a real quick look at this. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can't make sure I'm getting ace sound for you all. So let me go ahead and get that fixed up for you all while I'm doing that. I'll also take a dip into chat again, see what's going on. <clears throat> see what's going on. Say hello to the friends. Glad to be here with you guys this afternoon. Thank you all for uh, coming in and hanging out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Sharing the screen, adding the ace sound to it. All right. Sounds good. Looks good. Sounds good. Feels great. Okay. And I think we're about ready to rollage on that. Uh, okay, guys. Here's from uh, Wednesday's debate of last week. This again was in Decatur, Texas. 
Okay, cool. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be testing for sound real quick, but then uh, we'll get we'll get it rolling. I just want to make sure you guys uh, don't just get a mute mute gate going on. All right, just a moment, guys. We all know that this is a premeditated attack on Texas. This is an invasion. I've been to the border three times since uh, May, and I was on the committee in Austin and the Senate on border security. I've been in the helicopters, and I've been up and down the river in the gunship. We're going to close all 25 bridges over the river for inbound commercial traffic from Mexico. This is strategic. This isn't where the illegals are coming across. This is where all the commerce is coming across. We're doing $250 billion worth of trade with Mexico annually, Texas is, folks. But we are going to do something in Texas as I am governor that even President Trump didn't do. No other person has done. We're going to declare the cartels as a terrorist organization. And once we declare them as a terrorist organization, we are going to freeze their assets. And speaking of the cartels, we're not fighting against cartels. We're fighting against a transnational narco-criminal terrorist organization. This is an insurgency. They are non-state, non-uniform belligerent. I've already sat down with some old retired army guys, and we've done some mission analysis. It will take five to 7,000 of our 26,000 members of the Texas Military Department to put down there on the major infiltration routes to interdict people from being able to come across that border. I feel like you're saying ditto when y'all talk. I feel like you're saying ditto when y'all talk. They wanted to be in the cool club. They wanted to make sure they made the Democrats happy. And bought into all the green energy. All this angst about all this legislation we can't get done. It's all for show. You're being hustled. It's got Abbott's fingerprints all over it. <laughs> when you start making ideologies into policies, you have a problem. And that's what this green agenda is. We could produce electricity cheaper than anyone else. And Greg Abbott... And the rhinos down there in Austin let it all go to pot. <laughs> These three men walk the walk. They do what they say they're going to do, and they're not afraid. You cannot say that about our current governor. He is weak. <laughs> Public education system in Texas needs to be burned to the ground. It's a faulty system built on humanism and socialism. It's the Dewey Man system of education to brainwash your children. When Greg Abbott listened to that lying piece of crap, Fauci. <laughs> just use this, just in case. Who's is it? Well, there you go. Imagine if I'm an employer and I come up to one of you ladies and I said, hey, you got to do something to stay employed. People who feign shock and horror when we mention the word Texas. But let me ask you a question. Do you feel united with California? Oregon, Washington State, do you feel united with Illinois, New York, or even Washington, D.C.? You don't because the globalists have already seceded the federal government away from us. I'm setting up a new court system. You're never going to convict a Democrat for cheating a Republican in Dallas County. The Democrat, the judges are Democrats, the juries are Democrats, the DAs are Democrat. I'm setting up a whole new court system, a three-judge panel, be appointed by, by the governor. We're going to finish Trump's wall. We're going to call it a Texas wall. I'm going to build it for four or five hundred miles along the twelve hundred and thirty miles on our border. It's going to cost us about four billion dollars. And you believe that you describe your success and your mission with the vocabulary of the divine. That's when you go against the will of God and he's placed it on your heart. You can't quit. Folks, to violate that and to violate your word and to violate your convictions in that regard is dishonorable.
Colonel West, do you need me to repeat the question? No, no. Let's go back and look at what happened on that Sunday, Valentine's Day, the 14th of November. Is that there was an energy company here in the state of Texas that made $2.3 billion while you were freezing, while an 11-year-old died in his bed in Conroe, Texas. And that exact same energy company wrote Greg Abbott a $1 million campaign contribution check. <laughs> it's the rhinos that are killing it. My battle was always with the rhinos. They lie so much they don't even remember what they're lying about. Have you ever met a Republican that didn't say he was conservative? They all say that, and 90% of them are liars. They're liars. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm unemployed, but I'm popular. Republicans cheat. Was that one mean? minute? I didn't mean to be mean, but that's all right. Thank you, well, Mr. Thanks. Don Huff. I'm the one that went out there and helped lead some of the open Texas rallies. You think you can call the attorney general's office? I mean, dream on. 4,000 people worked there, 750 attorneys. I've done it. I thought I was getting ripped off in 18 when I lost my election. Nobody cares in Austin, Texas. The governor gets to appoint the board of regents of every university. Imagine if our universities are run by patriots, God-fearing patriots. You can get rid of CRT. It's just going to come back branded as another form of Marxism because that's what that institution is always going to produce. This is all Marxism. Marxists have taken over our schools. They've been working on it for decades. They've taken over our seminaries, our media, everywhere else. You really study and understand if you read the Communist Manifesto, it's Marxist. Two things about the uh, Communist Manifesto and Karl Marx planks. Number one, a progressive tax system. Republicans cheat. Public education system in Texas needs to be burned to the ground. It's a faulty system built on humanism and socialism. It's the Dewey Man system of education to brainwash your children. How do you stop cultural Marxism? You don't fund it. On 7 February 1961, you're looking at someone that was born in Atlanta, Georgia, in a blacks-only hospital. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. We ought to take those windmills and plant them down there on the southern border just above the wall and let that be the last obstacle. <laughs> that people have to get past in order to come into our great state. Imagine when we get 500,000 illegals out of our government school system. Imagine the money you're going to save as Texas taxpayer. A week and a half, two weeks ago, I got hit with Mr. Wuhan. I was uh, for vaccine choice many years ago, way before we had the Wuhan. America is not a racist country. We had the trifecta in Washington, the House, the Senate, and the courageous governor, I mean, president. It was still porous. They were still pouring over. You're looking at a person that is chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, joined a lawsuit against the governor of the state of Texas when he unilaterally, unconstitutionally, not going through the state legislature, but changed Texas election law and extended the early voting period from two weeks to three weeks. Guess who was happy about that? People like Chris Hollins, people like the folks in Dallas County, every single blue county. <laughs> and we don't trust a machine. I, I don't want to live in the land of the Terminator here. If we are continuing to chemically and physically castrate our children. We've lost more liberty in the last 18 months than I thought was ever conceivable. And it was done to us by a Republican governor. <laughs> <laughs>
that was interesting, guys. Oh, sorry. Got my headsets on. Uh, that was interesting. So I could hear the sound. Uh, let me see what we got here now. Let me go ahead and pause that real quick. All right. So that was a quick recap. Now, we're, I'm going to go, uh, you know, we may we may show that entire re- debate, actually. We, we may air the entire debate. I don't see why not. Um, I think that would be something fun to watch. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow afternoon for anyone that wants to check it out. Uh, for Lone Star News, we'll be archiving that, of course, for future uh, reference. Also, you know, if uh, you uh, enjoyed the information we're sharing with you today and you can't catch it till later, you know, someone that won't be able to, we'll have it uploaded to our podcast here over at uh, anchor.fm slash the C report. That's right. We don't just air the C report over at anchor.fm. You can catch the C report, Lone Star News, and uh, we're starting to upload. Uh, we up, we're starting to upload some Mr. C in the Dark there as well. If any of you guys saw our expose, uh, it wasn't really an expose. If any of you guys saw um, uh, the episodes we ran the last couple of nights where we're talking about the laptop from hell and some of its contents, we did a two-part series on that in the dark because, I mean, that's really the only place I could stand to uh, air that. Uh, But uh, for sure, we will have this episode of Lone Star News uploaded uh, promptly after today's episode. Um, And uh, you can also share that with uh, anyone who's interested in hearing it on podcast it's available on all major podcast platforms including spotify go ogle podcasts iPodcasts, and uh whether or not you guys choose to use those podcast platforms that is your decision you won't hear any judgment on my part because uh, they haven't uh they haven't uh, taken us off of there so uh it is what it is guys use it while you can Spread the word. It's easier to access until we are banished. Uh, We might be someday. All right. Let's talk about tomorrow's election, guys. Now, this is the important. This is the reason why we're live right now. We have elections here in Texas. Manana. That is tomorrow. That is Manyanex. No, just kidding. (laughs) Manana is not one of those kind of words. But let's see what we got going on here because uh, I was just like, what? We got some elections tomorrow. That's right. We got elections tomorrow, guys. Tomorrow, the main the main event for tomorrow's elections. Okay. And we already had early elections. They're done. This is for tomorrow. We, you know, we as good we as we as good patriotic Americans, uh, we're gonna vote on election day, right? It's not election day plus five, it's not election week, it's not election season, it's election day. So uh, we got eight propositions up on the ballot, and this all has to do with the State of Texas Constitutional Amendment. That's what it's called. This is a State of Texas Constitutional Amendment election, guys, and that's what we're talking about. So let's talk about the eight propositions real quick. Well, we're going to talk about the eight. We got about 20 minutes left to roll. Yeah, yeah, 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes left. Um, So let's roll through this real quick. Um, I do have video I could play that uh, gives you a little bit of, uh, I mean, we we could play that. I don't know who this, the League of Women Voters put these videos together. I guess we could share them. Uh, it'll save me some talking, but uh, let's see here. Uh, the first uh, proposition one that we have on um, the ballot for tomorrow. And again, this is all about Texas amendments to our constitution, guys. This is what it's all about. 
the first one has to do with the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association Charitable. Um, it's the Constitutional Amendment authorizing the Professional Sports Team Charitable Foundations of Organizations sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Association to conduct charitable raffles at rodeo venues. Now, I know if you're not from Texas, <laughs> you're probably like, what the hell? <laughs> Why are we voting on uh, an amendment to the Constitution of Texas that has to do with rodeos? <laughs> maybe this uh, maybe this woman can explain it better than I can. Uh, let's get her on the screen. <laughs> hey, I didn't give you permission yet, okay? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, let's take a look. Now, again, guys, the League of uh, Women Voters of Texas, Women Voters of Texas, I am not endorsing them by playing this video, okay? I have not dug into the League of Women Voters of Texas to tell you whether or not they're, I would guess that they're probably not conservative. <laughs> so I am not endorsing them, uh, but we're going to use them because uh, they talk a little bit about it. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dig a little bit more into it. Okay. All right. Let me get this going. All right. We got. Sorry, I was saying so I could hear what she's saying, okay? Because I realized I muted myself. Here we go, guys. That's why they're on, so I can hear her. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Alice with the League of Women Voters of Texas. On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition one would add professional rodeo charitable foundations that are sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Association to the list of similar foundations for other professional sports associations that are authorized to hold raffles. These raffles may be held at rodeos in the state of Texas. Arguments for proposition one include First, many other professional sports charitable foundations, such as those for the NFL, MLB, and NBA are allowed to hold raffles. This proposed amendment broadens the field to include charitable rodeo foundations. Second, raffles of this type generate revenue for charities such as youth scholarship programs, the YWCA, and the American Cancer Society, among others but there are also arguments against Proposition 1. Raffles are another form of gambling which has negatively affected some Texas families. Also, this form of gambling could eventually be extended beyond professional sports to many other organizations. Thank you for taking your time to become more informed about the upcoming election. You're welcome, Alex. Okay, so there you go. I'm going to just leave these on for now. Um, so there you go. That's, uh, I mean, okay, so basically this Proposition 1, which is also an amendment in Texas, has to do with raffles. Uh, now, as uh, little Alex here explained, uh, charitable foundations of other professional sports um, have raffles allowed 
Um, so I guess this is just a provision for or against. So uh, I'm not going to tell you how to vote on this one. Um, I would probably dig a little bit more into that. But the arguments against it, like she presented here, uh, had to do with uh, this being a form of gambling negatively affecting some families in Texas. Uh, what kind of families in Texas that would... Um, I don't know. I've never heard of anyone going uh, off the hook <laughs> like a steamer in Vegas on raffles. Uh, so, yeah. And then, of course, this form of gambling could eventually be extended beyond professional sports to many other organizations. So then I guess the question here would be, do you want all these other kinds of organizations holding? I mean, really, guys, it could be a form of money laundering for other organizations. And we're not going to say that uh, some professionals, professional sports charity foundations may not already be using it for that such. So uh, whether or not you think that the Rodeo Association of Texas should be able to participate in these um, raffles that are already happening for other professional sports charitable foundations, that is up to you, Texas, uh, and what you think about that. Okay, so let's take a look now at the second proposition on this one. Uh, this proposition, I think I probably have, um, more of an opinion on, uh, so we'll go ahead and get that on the screen for you guys. So you can check it out. Let's see what they have to say about it this time. Ladies, this is proposition two on tomorrow's ballot for the Texas amendments election here in the state of Texas. If you are a Texan. Hi. No. If you are a Texan, uh, you might want to share this information. I'm Callie with the League of Women Voters of Texas. On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition 2 would amend the Texas Constitution to add counties to the political entities that can issue bonds or notes to finance the development or redevelopment of transportation or infrastructure, and areas considered unproductive, underdeveloped, are blighted. And it would allow the counties to pledge increases in property tax revenues to repay the bonds or notes. But the amendment also says that if the county issues bonds for transportation improvements, the county may not do the following two things. The county may not allocate more than 65% of the property tax increase annually to repay the transportation bonds or notes, and the county may not use the bond proceeds to finance toll road construction, operation, maintenance, or right-of-way acquisition. Arguments for Proposition 2 include, first, cities and towns can already finance infrastructure and transportation projects using bonds or notes. Counties also need the ability to address infrastructure issues. Second, the development or redevelopment of infrastructure or transportation is expected to increase property values. Higher property values would result in higher tax revenues to repay these bonds. And third, Texas is growing and the infrastructure and transportation development is needed for our future economic prosperity. The proposition would allow counties to use bonds to finance much needed infrastructure projects. Arguments against Proposition 2. Number one, the proposition could expand debt, which may raise local property taxes. Second, opponents say that Texas's local debt ratio per person is too high, and issuing these bonds ties up future funds for debt service payments. 
And, th and third, these transportation and infrastructure projects could divert revenues that may go to other government services or projects. Thank you for taking time to become more informed about the upcoming elections. Okay. Uh, Judy there did a much better job at cold reading than Alex did, I thought. Uh, but, um, so yeah, so this is Proposition 2, guys. This is going to deal with allowing the counties now to have the ability to get these bonds for uh, infrastructure. Okay, now, my opinion, guys, you vote how you want to, but my opinion is uh, we already have enough corrupt county commissioners. We already have enough people sitting on our county boards that are corrupt. I don't think that they need to have the ability to issue money or bonds or, or call for infrastructure and financial development in the county. I don't care. We got cities for that. We got city councilors for that. Uh, you know, we have, uh, and they're already doing such a terrible job anyways. I don't think we need to deal. I don't think we need to battle our city council members and now our county commissioners and our county board members because they're wasting money all over on supposed infrastructure. So I'm voting no for this one. Like that's just an outright no. Like we already got enough battle with what we're dealing with now with the with the corruption. I don't think that we'll be doing ourselves any favors. <laughs> If we give our county uh, officials the ability to do this kind of crap. Uh, so that's a no for me on that one, guys. And then, of course, here, uh, you know, again, uh, more arguments against this had to do with um, uh, expanding debt, which would raise local property taxes. We already have enough property taxes here, guys. I'm not even a landowner and I, I cringe. Uh, but, you know, I hear the stories from family members uh, and, and, and friends who tell me about what they're dealing with when we're talking about property taxes. So, no, you know, anything that would anything that would cause new taxes, anything that would cause more money to come out of my pocket, because I still am a taxpayer, you know, I'm going to vote no for. That's all I got to say about that. Now, um, also, let's see, the local debt ratio per person is too high. Huh, yeah, I would say so. I would have to agree with that. And issuing bonds would tie up future funds for debt service programs. Uh, transportation infrastructure pro projects could divert revenues that may go to other government services or projects. So just like they're doing with this big old infrastructure, Green New Deal, socialist, communist, uh, you know, um, um, package that they've been fighting and crying over for at the federal level, you think that they're not going to try and do that same crap here at the local level? Of course, they do it all the time. They're going to say, we want some money for potholes and they're going to divert that money to uh, transgender bathrooms. Okay, so no. I'm voting against it on Prop 2. That's just my point of view, guys. You don't have to take my word for it. But that's just what I think. All right, let's look at proposition number three. Here's the next video up for us to... Uh, like I said, guys, the, these videos are from the League of Women Voters for Texas. I do not endorse them. I don't know who they are. I'd have to dig into them. But uh, this was mighty handy for the purpose. So uh, thanks to them for that. We can stand united, even though I have no idea who you are. Uh, but, um, you know, they're not mincing or parsing their words. So I, I appreciate that about them as well. All right, here we Hi, I'm Ian with the League of Women Voters of Texas. On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition 3 would add a new section to Article 1 of the Texas Constitution the Texas Bill of Rights. It would prohibit state or local governments from prohibiting or limiting religious services. 
This proposed amendment is a reaction to restrictions put in place by the governor and some local governments during the COVID-19 pandemic. The restrictions required religious services to be held remotely or limited the number of people who could attend in person. The governor's restrictions were only in place for 12 days. He then declared that religious services were essential services and issued guidelines that said, houses of worship should conduct as many activities as possible remotely and should follow federal guidelines when providing services in person. Arguments for this amendment include, churches provide important support in a time of crisis. Closing churches reduces access to their services. Second, proponents say that closing churches violates religious freedom guaranteed by the Constitution. Lastly, a government official should not be able to keep anyone from attending religious services. Arguments against this amendment are, it could prevent local governments from enforcing safety measures during natural disasters such as tornadoes, hurricanes, or another pandemic. Also, no faith group should have an unqualified right to spread a communicable disease. And existing law and the Texas Constitution adequately protect religious organizations. Thank you for taking the time to become a more informed about the upcoming election. Okay, so this one, guys, this one. <laughs> this one's like, really? Okay. Yeah, you're going to get a little juicy. So this one's a very important one, guys. This is Proposition 3, okay? This has to do with the government's ability to say religious organizations and religious services, even if there is some kind of emergency, I can suspend your rights to convene, okay? Big one, guys. Big one. Do you see why I, do you say why at the head of the show? I asked if anyone in your local, your locale, in your respective cities and hometowns, if you heard any, and this is the thing that needs to be fixed. Do we hear newspapers, news reporters, anyone talking about elections? Now, this is a constitutional amendment election, guys. This is more important than our races for candidates, because this has to do with our written law, the law of the land for the state of Texas. Big deal, guys. It's a big deal. And now we have this amendment here, and there's a couple of more that are just as heady as this one, where we're talking about the government's ability to take away our First Amendment right, our religious practice, okay? Religious practice, very important, okay? Now, let's recap this one a little bit more carefully than the last two. The proposed amendment would add a new section to Article 1 of the Texas Constitution, the Texas Bill of Rights, it would prohibit state or local governments from prohibiting or limiting religious services, okay? This proposed amendment is a reaction to restrictions put in place by the governor and some local governments during the COVID-19 pandemic. The restrictions required religious services to be held remotely or limited the number of people who could attend. The governor's restrictions were only in place for 12 days, okay? So, you know, they for 12 days in Texas, they basically said you can't go to church in person, all right? But then the governor declared that religious services are essential services and issued guidelines that said house of worship 
should conduct as many activities as possible remotely and should follow federal guidelines when providing services in person. So he took away the restriction, but he said, still, you should do it remotely if possible. Still, you need to follow federal guidelines. So put your mask on. And if the federal government requires that you have a vaccine passport, well, then you got to have that too. Of course, back then, that wasn't even a thought. Actually, to those of us who are thinking ahead, yes, it was a thought. But um, genuinely speaking, generally speaking, uh, that didn't exist at the time. Now, the reason why people are for this proposition is because churches provide important support in a time of crisis. Closing churches reduces access to their services. I agree with that. Proponents say that closing churches violate religious freedoms guaranteed by the Constitution. I agree with that. In fact, uh, a Prop 3, I will probably be voting for it, okay? I will probably be voting for Proposition 3. The arguments against Proposition 3 are ludicrous. The proposed amendment could prevent local governments from enforcing safety measures during natural disasters such as tornadoes, hurricanes, and another pandemic. Because everyone knows when a tornado's coming right for the church that the church, the priest is like, everyone get into the church. <laughs> There's a tornado coming right for it, right? Like, this is stupid. It's stupid. It's the pandemic stuff here that we're talking about, guys. It's about the ability for uh, the government to say, hey, you have no right to convene in church. You have no right to provide your services because it's an emergency and we said so. Oh, and don't forget that we like to create our own emergencies too sometimes. Don't forget that we do that also. Yeah, I'm voting for Prop 3, okay? I think that if 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 the world were to turn to a self-made emergency crackpot, like broke joke, at least we would have somewhere that is protected and they can't tell us no, okay? They shouldn't be able to already. But under this health emergency crisis that they that has been created, I think everyone will agree as we move along further and further into that narrative, the world is starting to wake up to the fact that uh, justice needs to be served. This whole thing was a sham. People died that didn't need to. Lives were destroyed that didn't have to be destroyed. At least we can have this a further protection, which we shouldn't have to, honestly. But for, for as far as Prop 3 goes, I'm voting for it. It doesn't, it does not, it doesn't, it does not stretch my wallet. It doesn't take any more money out of my pocket. It offers more protection from the overreach of government during emergencies and disasters. I think that's a good thing, if you ask me. So uh, that is, uh, people who are against Prop 3, they believe that existing law and the Texas Constitution adequately protects adequately protects religious organizations bull okay it don't didn't you see what happened in 2020 and 2021 didn't you see that man in australia no didn't you see those two preachers in canada <laughs> i mean canada is obviously not texas or the united states of america but let that be an example ladies and gentlemen of what could happen if we don't protect our religious right to assemble or our religious freedoms period and i'm not even a religious man guys and you guys know that, but uh, that is that. All right, let's take a look at proposition number four. And we are at three o'clock. We're three minutes past the hour. Uh, so I do apologize. We will be running into, uh, I would say maybe 15 minutes overtime. We'll try and wrap it up by 3.20. 
Um, and if you got to go, you got to go. But uh, go check out the replay or check out the podcast over anchor.fm slash the C report. Spread this episode far and wide to people in Texas that you know that have that need to know. I mean, we all need to know. Right, guys? We all need to know about tomorrow's elections. Hi, I'm Brianna. Brianna, I did not give you permission. Okay. So um, anyways, so Brianna. <laughs> so, uh, you know, spread this episode far and wide. Let people know. Catch the replay. Spread the links. Hey, Tom, hey, did you check out Lone Star News? If you need to know about tomorrow's elections, he recaps it pretty uh, pretty concisely, pretty succinctly, and uh, also uh, gives you a little bit to laugh about with the uh, governor's uh, debate. So anyways, let's see what Brianna has to say about proposition number four. The constitutional amendment changing the eligibility requirements for a justice of the Supreme Court, a court judge of the criminal court of appeals, a justice of the courts of appeals and a district judge. I think I uh, I'm interested in this one too. Here we go. Of women voters of Texas on November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas constitution. Proposition four would change the eligibility requirements for judges to run for office. First, for candidates for the Supreme Court, Court of Criminal Appeals, and the Regional Courts of Appeals. Currently, the candidate for these courts must have been a practicing lawyer for at least 10 years, or a practicing lawyer or judge of a court of record for a combined total of at least 10 years. The proposed amendment would add the requirement that the candidate be licensed in the state of Texas for at least 10 years and defines the court of record as a state court or county court established by the legislature. Also, during the 10-year period, the candidate's license to practice law must not have been revoked or suspended. Second, for state district judge candidates. Currently, the candidate must be a US citizen licensed to practice law in Texas and have been a practicing lawyer for at least four years or a practicing lawyer or judge of a Texas court for a combined total of four years. The proposed amendment would add the requirement that a district judge candidate be a Texas resident and would change the four-year requirement to eight years. Also, during the specified eight-year period, the candidate's license to practice law must not have been revoked or suspended. Supporters of the proposed amendment say that Increasing the required number of years of legal experience for district court judges could result in a better qualified Texas judiciary. Also, the quality and reputation of the Texas judiciary could be enhanced by the requirement that a judge's license cannot have been revoked or suspended. Arguments against this proposition include the requirement of additional years of experience as an attorney could adversely impact the diversity, age, race, gender, etc., of judicial candidates and judges. Also, the amendment could restrict the size of the pool of candidates eligible to run for the judicial positions, which could result in a judiciary that does not reflect the population. Thank you for taking the time to become more informed about the upcoming election. Yeah, isn't she sweet? Uh, yeah, I'm basically for anything that will put limits on these people. 
Okay. <laughs> so uh, not, don't need to get into that one uh, too much. It's just uh, talking about uh, eligibility requirements for judges. Um, it takes it in some instances from four years to eight years. In other words, you have to have been a Texas resident for that long. I'm saying, hey, if we can get someone in Texas longer, then maybe we won't have people, I don't know, trying to infiltrate from other states under a shorter tenure. You know what I mean? Um, so to me, that's good. Okay, so uh, the proposed amendment would change the eligibility. So just a real quick recap, Supreme Court, Court of Appeals, Court of Criminal Appeals and Regional Courts of Appeals. Currently, the candidate of these courts must have been practicing, uh, been a practicing lawyer for 10 years or let me make sure I'm not muted or a practicing lawyer or judge of a court of record for a combined total of at least 10 years. The proposed amendment would add the requirement that the candidate be licensed in the state of Texas at least 10 years and defines the court of record as a state court or county court established by legislature. In regards to state district judge, currently the candidate must be a citizen, a U.S. citizen licensed to practice law in Texas and have been practicing lawyer for at least four years or a practicing lawyer or judge for a combined total of four years in a Texas court. The proposed amendment would add the requirement that a district judge candidate be a Texas resident and would change the four-year term to an eight-year requirement. Also, during the specified eight-year period, the candidate's license to practice law must not have been revoked or suspended. So I'll probably vote for this one. Why not make them work harder? Why not make them be here longer? I don't see anything wrong with that. That's prop four in the uh, race uh, election here for tomorrow, guys. Don't forget, this is for tomorrow. Um, and I will be out there voting as well. I'm, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting that every time elections come up here in San Antonio, every time since I've been here, it's always raining. It always rains, it never fails. Been beautiful weather, uh, but the clouds are rolling in. So that's for sure. Uh, real quick, <clears throat> Before we get into prop five, and I get, again, guys, we'll try and wrap this up in the next 10 to, to 15 minutes so you guys can uh, move along. 123SKG uh, is in the house. Hey, ma'am, how you doing? Thank you for sharing that. She says, uh, League of Women Voters is usually neutral. They provide information. Thank you so much. Java, yeck, yeah, keep the churches open. Texas gal says, willingly spread a communicable disease. Isn't that crazy that, they, that that's what they think? Oh, well, churches don't have the right to willingly spread communicable diseases. Ugh, you can go stuff it, right? Um, let's see. Texas gal, thank you so much for the show. So glad I caught you. I need to vote. <laughs> we all need to vote, ma'am. So hopefully all of you guys will be out at the polls tomorrow. Uh, tell you what, guys, if you guys get a chance to go vote tomorrow, why don't you send me an email, thecreport.com at, no, wait, thecreport at protonmail.com. Or the cereport.com, you can access my contact page there. We have like a little form there. Tell me about your experience. I would love to hear about it. Uh, let me know what it was like. Were there a lot of people? Was there nobody there? Uh, <laughs> were they uh, were they being mask holes with you guys? Like I'm I'm super curious. Uh, Java's in Travis County. You got you have some important propositions coming up in Travis tomorrow, Java, that have to do with refunding the police. So I hope you most definitely get out there and you get to get your voice heard if you haven't voted already. You know, one two three SKD one two three SKG. You are in Dallas County. You realize you are in a county that is up for forensic audit right now, and it's not a real forensic audit. 
Now, uh, I don't know. Maybe you'll see me up there doing a canvas. We'll see. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, yes, that's right. Make Texas judges live through the Texas summer. <laughs> that's awesome. Ping254. Welcome into the chats. It's good to see you, my friend. Pink says, congrats, Mr. C, on getting affiliated with Twitch. Thank you, sir. Yeah, if you go over to Twitch right now, and I'm not telling you to do that, but uh, we have Mr. C emojis. <laughs> This one says, may justice be served. It's got my big old ugly face on it. Uh, thank you for that and uh, for the shout out in that regard. All right, guys. All right, guys. Let's go back into this. We don't got much time. So uh, let's talk about Proposition 5, Prop 5. Uh, and we'll get this video on the screen as well. Here we go for Prop 5. This dour looking young man is going to tell us all about Prop 5. Hi, I'm Bennett with the League. Bennett. Hold your horses, Bennett. Okay, <laughs> I'm not ready for you yet. Uh, Prop 5, the constitutional amendment providing additional powers to state commission on judicial conduct with respect to candidates for judicial office. So let's hear what Bennett has to say about this, since, since he's such an eager beaver. League of Women's Voters of Texas. On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition 5 would extend the power of the State Commission on Judicial Conduct to accept complaints against and to investigate and take actions on allegations of misconduct against judicial candidates. Currently, this commission's authority covers only alleged misconduct by judges currently in office. Arguments in favor of Proposition 5 include Allowing misconduct charges against judicial candidates could result in fairer judicial campaigns. Under current law, misconduct charges can be brought against judges currently in office, but not against candidates running for judicial office. Second, bringing complaints about judicial candidates as well as judges in office to the Commission on Judicial Conduct could ensure that complaints against both candidates and judges are heard and acted on. This can result in better screening of both candidates and judges. But there are also arguments against Proposition 5. Opponents say this amendment is unnecessary. Those who have complaints and miscond of misconduct against judicial candidates can file them with other authorities, such as the state bar, the attorney general, or the appropriate district attorney for investigation and action. Also, adding complaints against judicial candidates to the Commission on Judicial Conduct could overburden the commission and its staff with new cases. Thank you for taking the time to become more informed about the upcoming election. All right, Bennett. Good job, boy. Good job. Okay, so uh, just real quick back on Prop 4. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to vote for it. Not probably, uh, but Ping254, Ping he, uh, he clarifies, and I appreciate this, he says... He says, uh, in regards to Proposition 4, uh, that's the one that, again, is about the uh, term limits, or not the term limit, the, the requirements, uh, time requirements. Says, uh, for example, uh, currently what can happen if we don't vote for it? A California lawyer of four years and uh, moves to Texas and meets the residency requirement of four years, runs in your district judge. Prop 4 requires that that California lawyer has to be a resident of Texas for eight years. So that's why I'm for it, guys, because I don't need another Cali infiltrator 
sitting here for four years and then all of a sudden, you know, there they go, changing the law here and uh, being a corrupt judiciary. Man, I tell you what. I tell you what. 123SKG, thank you for gifting the can. You are most welcome. Hey, this is just my civic duty, guys. But uh, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the um, the donation. Uh, so here we go. So uh, again, this one I actually think I like this one. You know, uh, it says the State Commission on Judicial Conduct now accepts complaints against and investigates and then takes actions concerning alleged by judges currently in office. So if you got uh, if you got a bad acting judge, well, the State Commission on Judicial Conduct will investigate that. Uh, the proposed amendment would extend the commission's power to candidates for judiciary for ju- for the judicial uh, position. So that means if they're going to run for office and there's something untoward happening, the state commission on judicial conduct would be able to look into that as a candidate. Now, I to me that seems to be like it would be uh, it would be another um, you know safeguard against uh having someone corrupt come into it so let's review the arguments for and against it again now if the uh texas commission on uh judicial conduct is able to extend this power it would allow misconduct charges against judicial candidates and that could result in fairer judicial campaigns under current law misconduct charges can be brought against judges currently in office but not against candidates running for office And here also bringing complaints about judicial candidates as well as judges in office to the Commission on Judicial Conduct could ensure that complaints against both candidates are judges uh, and judges are heard and acted on. The result could be uh, this could result in better screening of both candidates and judges. So I think that's a good thing if you ask me. Um, Now, against this, if you don't want the Texas uh, Commission on Judicial Conduct to uh, review candidates in this uh, position, um, that would be that uh, they think it's unnecessary. People think this is not necessary. Those who have complaints of misconduct against judicial candidates can file them with other authorities, such as the state bar, the attorney general, or the appropriate district attorney or investigation for investigation. Now, to that, I would say, uh, don't these people have enough going on? Like, why would an attorney general say, okay, now, unless it's really founded, like, unless it's a really founded complaint, like, you know, hardcore money laundering or something like that, like, it's a candidate. So if they're not in office yet, do you think that would be a priority, right? Like by the time the attorney general looks into these, um, you know, or the state bar, whomever it is that has, uh, has, um, what do you call it? That has, uh, um, controllability over this. I'm not, I'm not using the right, uh, lawyer speak, uh, judicial thing. Um, uh, jurisdiction. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, jurisdiction. Uh, like, uh, and you have them running as a candidate, who's to say that they're not going to prioritize that whoever has jurisdiction. And then by the time they do prioritize it, they're already in office, you know? So, I mean, uh, you know, and then also, uh, they say that it will just, uh, uh, overburden the commission and its staff with new cases. I mean, what are they doing anyways? Like they, in my opinion, they could probably take this caseload on. Why not? Why not? You know, why not? Unless any of you guys uh, can think of anything else, I'll probably vote for it. 
So this way we can get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, of that stuff tied down before they're even elected. I think that would be more helpful than not. But that's just my opinion, guys. You vote the way you feel you need to. We're just sharing the information here with you guys. All right, we got three more to go through and we'll wrap it up for today. We're almost out of the clear. Uh, proposition number six. Let's go ahead and get our reader on the screen. All right. This is Ruju. <laughs> proposition number six. And I already we already covered Proposition 6. We covered this in the episode 15 of Lone Star News. I'm voting for it. Um, this is uh, the constitutional amendment establishing a right for residents of certain facilities to designate an essential caregiver for in-person visitation. That means should another emergency pandemic happen, uh, they cannot deny anyone, particularly the one person, caregiver, essential caregiver, they cannot deny access to that person. For example, my father went into a rehabilitation center on day one of uh, this entire COVID shamdemic. And in seven days, he passed. And for seven days, no one was allowed to see him. This law, this amendment would mean that whomever he designated as a caregiver, whether that was myself or another family member or whomever, for those seven days could have been by his side. Okay, so it's important. All right, that's what this is about. Let's go ahead and take a look. Hi, I'm Ruju with the League of Women Voters of Texas. On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition 6 is the constitutional amendment establishing a right for residents of certain facilities to designate an essential caregiver for in-person visitation. During the COVID-19 pandemic, family and other caregivers were restricted from access to nursing homes and other group facilities. This proposed constitutional amendment would allow a resident to name a person to be their essential caregiver, and visits from their essential caregiver would become a resident's constitutional right. The legislature may provide guidelines for caregiver visitation policies and procedures. Supporters of the amendment say that for Texans in group care, visitation by a loved one can help combat loneliness, anxiety, and depression, and can provide advocacy and emotional support. Also, for residents with no remaining connections, there is comfort in having outside visitors in the facility. Arguments against the proposed amendment include that this amendment takes away the ability of public health and certain government officials to restrict access by outsiders to group care facilities in order to protect the residents and the staff. Second, even if health and safety protocols are in place, visitation by outsiders could expose other residents and the staff to disease. Thank you for taking the time to become more informed about the election. Okay. I don't think I really need to get too deeply into this one. I'm pretty satisfied with the way I explained it. Um, considering that this man-made, uh, you know, genuinely manufactured disease was uh, foisted upon everyone in the world. I don't think we need to take a risk with that, with another thing. You know, people, there, there were not bodies lined up on the street. We didn't have the entire homeless population being burned in a mass grave, right? Now, if that were the case, that would have been totally different. But again, for some reason, uh, COVID-19 seemed to uh, discriminate against homeless people. It was like, ugh, I don't want to be associated with you, so stay away from me. Okay? How many... How, that's really that, that really is the telltale right there, guys, more than anything else. How is it that we have a... How, how do we have 
the homeless population, how did it multiply and survive <laughs> COVID-19? Not a single damn homeless person died during this pandemic of COVID-19, guys. Now, if this were a real pandemic, we would have seen mass graves of homeless people who had no access to health care. That's common sense. A little, a little cynical, a little dark, but it is common sense nonetheless, guys. So I don't think I need to explain uh, into this. It's that is I'm just I'm voting for it. OK, uh, you know, I'm voting for it. Uh, screw these arguments of uh, uh, allowing someone who's dying alone. Dare they dare they uh, endanger another person's uh, um, uh, life by visitation from outsiders. OK, how dare them? How dare they? I'm, yeah. Okay. Proposition number seven, guys. Let's go ahead and get that on the screen. I don't know where they find these people at, but they find them. <laughs> okay. This is Andy. Here's Andy. All right. Hi, I'm Andy with the League of Women Voters of Texas. On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition seven is needed to update the Texas Constitution to allow surviving spouses of disabled person a limit to on school district property taxes. Currently, this limitation in the Constitution is provided to homeowners over 65 years old and to disabled persons. To be eligible for this limit, the spouse must be at least 55 years old when he when the disabled person died and still lived in the home. The proposed amendment is needed because in 2019, the tax code was updated to allow this tax limitation for surviving spouses of disabled persons. But the legislator failed to authorize a proposed constitutional amendment. Some counties followed the tax code and some did not. For those that did not, Eligible surviving spouses may be due a refund. Arguments for this proposed amendment are, first, this amendment would protect the surviving spouse of a disabled person from losing an important benefit. Also, the proposition validates a state law already passed and clarifies that the law is to be enforced. Third, the proposed amendment passed with zero known votes in both the Texas House and the Texas Senate, indicating broad bipartisan support. Opponents of the amendment also have arguments. The passage could reduce tax revenues for school districts and other local taxing authorities. Second, any lower property values could decrease revenue and affect the state school funding formulas. Also, this amendment could lead to further property tax exemptions which could have further negative effects on school and other local finances. Thank you for taking the time to become more informed about the upcoming election. Sorry, we're not covering property taxes in Texas. Okay, guys, we'll have to save that for another episode. I apologize. Uh, let me go ahead and get these off the screen real quick. And then we will continue on our adventure. We only got one proposition left after this one. And um, I think I'm gonna let me let me uh, let me check out what Mr. Ping here had to say. 
Uh, it's ping254 over there in the chat. Uh, he's, he's clarifying for us, which is great, um, which is great. Uh, this was in regards to Prop 7. I mean, sorry, Prop... prop was it Prop 7? Prop 5. It's Prop 5, right? Because we just went through seven and now we're, uh, we went through six and now we're looking at seven. Uh, think of a, think of this as a candidate gets elected. Then the commission receives information and dismisses the elected official. Well, well, we Texans have to pay for a special election all because the information was sent elsewhere instead of to the commission that is in charge over the elected official. So yeah, that would be good, right, Mr. Ping? Uh, don't you think it would be good for us to be able to have, for the commission to be able to have jurisdiction over um, judicial candidates as well? Hmm? Um, okay, we'll wait on your answer on that. And th- uh, Texas Gal, thank you for, uh, thank you for the uh, well, condolences. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, let's see here, guys. Uh, okay, let's get uh, let, let's get uh, get together with this guy again, Andy. All right. Okay, so Prop Seven, Mr. Pink says it's already in law, but it it is not enforced. So this proposition, as well as the last proposition that we'll be covering today, uh, they have to do with um, um, uh, basically uh, post post-mortem issues. Uh, So again, here, uh, the constitutional amendment to allow the surviving spouse of a person who is disabled. Oh, sorry. Let me get this back on the screen for you. There we go. Um, A person who is disabled, uh, the surviving spouse of a person who is disabled to receive a limitation on the school district ad valorem taxes on the spouse's residence homestead if the spouse is 55 years of age or older at the time of the person's death. So the amendment would, I guess, be to reinforce and protect those who um, are living in areas that are not following this new law. Okay, so that makes sense. Arguments for that, the amendment would protect the surviving spouse of a disabled person from losing an important benefit. And the pro- uh, proposition would validate a state law already passed and clarifies that the law is to be enforced. You see why I don't want to give county commissioners any more problems? I mean, any more, uh, any more, um, what do you call it? Authority? I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about them not getting authority unless, you know, maybe the Texas Commission thing. But OK, so then uh, uh, do we even need to see why this, this is already a state law? Uh, the, basically they're afraid that they'll lose revenue. Okay. Tax, they'll lose tax revenue. And that's probably why they're not enforcing this because you're, they're in areas that they, they don't want to lose. They think they have the right to that tax uh, revenue that the state of Texas has already declared should not be taken away from spouses of, of past or deceased, um, um, people with disabilities. Okay. So come on guys, I'll probably vote for this one. Okay. Finally, we're at Proposition 8. This is another one that is dealing with uh, dealing with uh, post-mortem issues. Those are always very uh, here. Those are always very uh, big, big issues. They're, they're always vis- issues of consternation for some, for some reason. They're sordid topics. Hi. That is for sure. Okay, guys, let's get this on the screen so we can wrap it up here. We're already uh, 30 minutes past the hour. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Let's get the... I'm Tina with the League of Women Voters of Texas. 
On November 2nd, there will be an election covering proposed changes to the Texas Constitution. Proposition 8 would expand eligibility so that surviving spouses of members of the military who are killed in the line of duty benefit from the same exemption from property taxes that is currently given to spouses of military members killed in action. So, if their death was due to injuries that are not combat-related, such as in a training exercise, it would still be considered a result of their military duties. This exemption is for the property tax on the market value of the spouse's residence homestead if the spouse has not been remarried. Arguments for this amendment are that, first, this amendment would correct an oversight in current law to include surviving spouses of the military who were killed in the line of duty rather than in action. Also, these additional surviving spouses have suffered the loss of their partner because of their military service and should be provided the same benefit. Third, death in combat for our country soldiers should not be a determining factor on whether we honor their military service by providing relief for their spouse. Opponents say, this amendment will reduce tax revenues to districts, to school districts, counties, cities, and special districts by lowering property value. Many more military are killed in the line of duty than are killed in action. The estimated potential loss of tax revenue could be significant. Second, any lower property values could decrease revenue and affect the state school funding formula. Also, this amendment would expand property tax exemption to another group of people, which could increase the tax burden for other property owners. Thank you for taking the time to become more informed about the upcoming election. Okay, I am not a property owner, as I said, guys, um, but uh, any benefit for people who served our country, I'm all for it. That's just me. Um, uh, I, like she said here, uh, this amendment would expand property tax exemptions to another group of people. Like they're just another, oh, someone did something. Like they're just another group of people. No one special. They didn't fight for our country. They didn't fight for our rights. They didn't fight to uh, ensure that we can sit here today and gab about politics at the local level, right? Oh yeah, they're just another group of people. Another group of people wants a tax exemption. Oh, who's next? Who's going to ask for a tax exemption now, right? Just another group of people. Okay, no appreciation for our armed forces and those who serve, I swear. So Prop 8, the uh, constitutional amendment authorizing the legislature to provide for an exemption from ad valorem taxation of all or part of the market value of the resident's homestead of the surviving spouse of a member of the armed services of the United States who's killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. Now, uh, I like how there was that clarification here. Um, apparently, at the moment, um, a, a someone in the military who's killed in action is entitled from this an exemption from property taxes, yes, this exemption is for property tax on the market value, but this amendment will expand eligibility for the same exemption from property taxes for spouses of members of the military who are killed in the line of duty rather than in action. And in action would mean in combat. Like I was, uh, you know, I was on the, uh, I was in the, in the, I was in the, the hills of Afghanistan and I got shot, you know? Well, now, no, like she said, if it was training in the line of duty, is for anyone who served, you know, uh, uh, and that would mean that, yes, they do have to be injuries that are, uh, well, it means that if their death was due to injuries that are not combat related, such as training exercises, it was still as a result of their duties in the military. So say uh, they were um, a, a repairman, 
you know, and, and the Jack broke and that's a tragic way to go say they were, you know, but that's in the line of duty. That was a duty for the military. I mean, I would put that there now, maybe that's broad on my part to say so, but I'd probably vote for this one. Um, I don't see why not, you know, I don't think any of us should have to pay property taxes. I don't think they're constitutional whatsoever. I'm sure a lot of you guys agree and know that, right? But uh, another group of people, all the Americans don't want to pay property taxes. Oh, what's this world coming to, right? Well, you know what? We shouldn't have to pay taxes on that which we own either way. We shouldn't have to pay taxes uh, for earning money, income tax, right? Another unconstitutional tax on Americans, another way of thieving monies away from us. All right, guys, don't let me get on my soapbox. That's not what we're here for today. We're already past the hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap. Now, like I said, this is for tomorrow. So please, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there and you have not voted yet, make sure you get out there and you vote, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Texas, November 2nd, tomorrow, manana is going to be uh, is going to be there for that purpose for us to uh, make sure that I mean again guys this is a constitutional amendment election guys very important now in everyone's respective cities and locations you will have more amendments and propositions for example we have a runoff in district 118 here in San Antonio uh, that is the south side of town that's also known as a uh, local city district 3 but federal district 118 a runoff between uh, probably a rhino and, uh, you know, some Democrat that you know, wants to keep San Antonio South Side down and dirty. San Antonio in the South Side, guys, that's where I grew up. It looks exactly the same it did 30 years ago. I'm almost 40. It looks exactly the same as it did almost 40 years ago. And it looked exactly the same it did 50 years prior to that. Now, What's with the stagnation in Southside San Antonio? And apparently no one cares over there. All of their local medical facilities are basically end-of-life processing centers for uh, for uh, sleeping Hispanics that just did everything that the government and uh, media told them to do. It's disgusting, guys. It's disgusting. But here we go, guys. That That's a wrap for Lone Star News for... November 1st, 2021. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Please spread this episode far and wide. You only have until tomorrow to spread it, guys. You only have until tomorrow to spread it. Now, as soon as we get off the air here, I'm going to upload this to uh, the uh, podcast. So uh, again, that's anchor.fm slash the C report. Has that been up the whole time? Anchor.fm slash the C report. And, uh, and then you can forward this out to anyone in Texas that needs to hear it, guys. Tomorrow is election day. It's a constitutional amendment election. We got to get this out there. I will be out there voting. So uh, that should be a fun and good time. I like to vote. It's fun. I like to go up to my uh, Democrat district uh, people and be like, hey, I don't need a mask. This is a federal. No, just kidding. All right, guys, let's wrap it. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, Curious Cat, 123SKG, Texas Gal, Ping254. You know, guys, Ping254 is running for office up in his neck of the woods. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get Ping on uh, we'll get Ping on Lone Star News and we'll get Ping on the C-Report um, soon so we can pick his brain about that or when he's able to. We'll talk about it. We'll get him on. Um, and everyone else, uh, Texas Gal, um, uh, Java, uh, let me see who else we got that I can see. Uh, Lynn RC7 up in Ellis County. Welcome. Welcome. I know I've seen you. I've seen you in the chats before, Lynn. Um, so great to have you back with us. Please share this information because, uh, again, tomorrow is our election for Texas constitutional amendments. 
We're calling it a wrap, guys. We will see you back at 7.30 p.m. tonight for The Sea Report, a brand new edition. And uh, with that said, guys, be safe, be blessed. God bless Texas and God bless the United States of America. We will catch you next time.